we have an enemy in life, and he has a lot of cohorts, colleagues in the ministry of stealing, killing, and destroying. <laughs> the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy is the, what, what the good shepherd said and gave us knowledge. Amen? So any time that there seems to be lack, it's not just financially, Lack of faith, or faith seems to be uh, at a waning place. See, our faith, his faith in us is an ever-increasing, say ever-increasing, attribute and characteristic of him in us if we feed on the word. If we feed. You know, when he said that to Peter, that was, I know it came out in the ministry part. When Peter said, Lord, the fig tree you cursed, withered up at the root. Man, you're carrying something. <laughs> you know? Jesus, man, when you speak, I, don't, I sure don't want to be on the wrong side of anything you're saying in the negative. <laughs> but it wasn't negative, was it? Jesus never did anything. Well, Patsy said it last night, and I thought, she said, you know, he always spoke in love. And I thought, well, it truly, it, it, he does. He is love. Amen. But, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have been a Pharisee or Sadducee in that day when he was coming along the temple and said, you brood of vipers, you, amen, <laughs> you whitewashed tombs. How would you like to be on the receiving end of that from the God of peace and the God of love? <laughs> Bobby Connor said it years ago when he, one of the times he was here, he said, you know, our opinion of what we think, you know, our opinion of what we think about ourselves and God's opinion can be two different things. And he referred to the book in Revelation where it says, you know, uh, I am rich and have need of nothing. And God says, well, no, you're not. You're naked, poor, blind. And uh, what's the other one? Naked, poor, blind, wretched. Well, the church in that instance in Revelation, they had an opinion about themselves. I'm rich and have need of nothing. God says, no, you're naked, poor, blind, and wretched. Sometimes there's a diametric difference of what God thinks and what we think. Amen? Well, Acts 2.42, let, let's turn there for a moment. And this is going to tie in for enemies of intimacy and revelation. I'm not going to get to it all today. But I, there's a, a war in the soul realm. Understand this. Our spirit has been made alive unto God. And the, the war that you and I face is in the arena of the soul. The will, intellect, and emotion. There's a war that you and I are engaged in. Battles, on the other hand, take place in the mind. The war is in the arena of the soul realm, but battles are fought in the arena of our mind. They're either won or lost there. That's why the scripture is emphatic. Be renewed. Amen? Let your minds be renewed with the word of God continually. Listen, we can't play with this thing. You don't have to have a fivefold ministry to understand that you need the word of God daily. Well, praise God. Amen. It's a, it's a deception from hell itself. It's still a religious spirit and a religious mentality that tries to affect us to think that just fulfilling our duty, attending meetings is pleasing God. Because the scripture says the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. You can be, you know, you can go to meetings uh, out of it, you know, attend services here. All right, there's prayer meeting. There is, there's midweek refuel service. There's Sunday morning. There are some practices for different things. But, you know, you can do it obediently and yet not really be willing. Well. Hallelujah. Or you can be willing and yet not obedient. 
And if you're, if you're ever caught in that rut, you won't eat the good of the land. And that's not God's punishment. It's because of our ignorance or our stubbornness. Hallelujah. I would rather grab the horns of the altar and say, God, please, whatever you need to do in me to not only make me willing and obedient, but to help keep me willing and obedient, whatever you need to get through to me, please unclog the drain. Amen. Or like Washington, drain the swamp in my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. And fill it with some light. Glory to God. Acts 2, chapter 2, 42 to 47, particularly. We know what had happened here in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit was poured out, the promise of the Father, on the day of Pentecost. And, of course, it was Jubilee. Amen? So now look at this. <clears throat> Start with uh, verse 40, if you would, please. And with many other words, he, Peter, testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Wow, is there ever a time in history where you and I could be carriers of that word? Every one of us a carrier, an ambassador of that word. Be saved from this perverse generation. If it was perverse then, how much more corrupt and perverse is the generations of the lost? Amen? Amen? Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Hallelujah. And that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. Now look. The next verse. Go to verse 42. And let's read this together in unison. Shall we, please? I just want you to read this along. Let's say it all together. Quote the word of God together. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Hallelujah. They, the early church, who had this encounter with God, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that so changed their life, Amen. That they were changed, became new creations. That they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Began to speak in other tongues. And they were so filled, so excited, so on fire. They received that baptism of John the Baptist said, when he comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Talking about Jesus, right? They get baptized and filled. And this activity was what the Holy Spirit directed them to participate in. He activated this lifestyle. Are you with me? They just, they just autumn. It was like automatic. Boom. You got saved. Boom. They, who, who be they? Those who accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. This was their activity at that time. The birth of the church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And fellowship. And the breaking of bread and of prayers. Continued steadfastly. Amen. Now a lot of churches. You know a lot of congregations. Denominations. You name it. Across the world. They teach like the church and church life. They teach this as part of church life. And it really is. Amen. But as I was reflecting on this several years now, you know, but years ago, as I was reflecting on this about the church and about, uh, you know, the Lord gave me this I was, uh, and I haven't done it yet. I began to, to write it, a book on Acts 2.42, God's diet for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Well, if it was good enough for the birth of the church, shouldn't we be? But oh, are we more advanced now? Or should we be more active, mature in this type of lifestyle? Amen. Would you all agree on that? As I was studying this, this is what the Holy Spirit 
put in my spirit and it flowed, it flowed out in me and out of me. And you may want to make a note. I would encourage you, if you're taking notes, put it down. But this is going to, it challenges me all the time. And this is what he said. This. This. Is the spontaneous work. Of the Holy Spirit. In the life of a believer. As I was meditating on it, that stream of thought came in my spirit and up to my brain. <laughs> and it was, I felt like I was, you know, like the scribes. I felt like I was just his secretary dictating what he was given. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I was in the court of heaven and doing the stenography. <laughs> Praise God. This is the spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And when I heard it, I was enthralled. I was just like, and literally whelmed. I was like, Lord. Now, when I got saved, when we got saved, Carol and I, the Jesus movement, this was it. The charismatic outpouring. This was so much a part of the charismatic renewal, this kind of activity. We couldn't wait. We couldn't wait for the doors to open. And we had four kids at that point. We're saved. Hallelujah. We've gone from darkness to light. We went from pervert to convert. Hallelujah. Amen. We're walking with Jesus. The Holy Spirit's real. Jesus is real. His kingdom is real. The supernatural was a, a part of the norm. Like, you don't get any better in this. I remember when I read Mark 16. And uh, where it says these signs will follow those who believe. As a new believer... Baptized in the Holy Ghost, but just reading through the Gospels. And when I got to March 16 and saw those words, and I had the Bible where his words were in red. These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In my name, should they drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm as as a brand young baby Christian, I saw that. And I thought, oh, my God. I was horrified. I'm like, are you kidding me? These Signs. It was like Todd White. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They. Who? The ones who believe. Any believer should have that kind of activity. But that activity of Mark 16 is the direct result of Acts 2, 47. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times we're trying to get the word to work with just one verse. When it's like spaghetti, you know, they say like women are like a bowl of yarn and men are like waffles. Men go out like the waffles, the squares in a waffle. Men go out of one room into the next and, they're, and that, the conversation in this other previous room is done. They're over here. But a woman, she's like a bowl of yarn. Everything connects. Hallelujah. You, Amen. Well, it's, it's kind of like that in the scripture. You can't just take one scripture by itself. It's interconnected with the whole knowledge of God. It, it, it's interconnected. I don't know how else to say it to you. But anyway. So if this is the spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Now, of course, at that time, they didn't have church buildings. They, they fellowship from house to house. 
Some of us have had that privilege and honor. You have a Bible study in your house. Amen. Uh, at one point, our, our home was, before we finished the garage, it was 1,600 square feet. We had 60 people in there. In the first church, we helped plant 60 people. And Raymond, most honorable number one son, had to keep the five kids in the bedroom and entertain them. And Carrie got tortured. <laughs> but, oh, man, God was moving. Hallelujah. He was moving. The presence of God was there. And the anointing was there. And gifts of the Spirit were flowing. And the Word was being taught. Hallelujah. Lives were changing. People were getting delivered. Pow! Off of drugs. Marriages were being healed. Well, anyway, they continue. Let's go to verse 43. Look what happens when that activity begins to become a part of our lifestyle. No, I'm going to say this. It's not a lifestyle. Our lifestyles are the direct result of choices we make. But here, there's a fine line. I want to say this. There seems to be a tension between the spirit and the soul. And in the soul realm, as a result of an unrenewed mind, just going through the motions, the, me the mechanics of religious duty, that's the law. That's not grace. The joy of fellowship. Glory. I'm, I'm, woo! I'm looking forward to Monday night prayer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why? What's going to happen? God's spirit is going to be there and fill us, make us one, bring us into a unity and a synergy in the spirit. And whether we have a clue of what we're praying or not, bless God, we're going to come together and please our father. Hallelujah. We're going to pray heaven down and hell out. Hallelujah. Praise God. We may not know what portion of hell or what issues are being dealt with unless God reveals it by his spirit. But nonetheless, the synergy of praying in tongues together as one creates a unison and a power and a symphony in the spirit. And God's going to do something special. Hallelujah. And we get to participate. Hallelujah. Then Wednesday night refueling. What's God got in store? See, I'm telling you what. The synergy of faith in God's saints. Oh, God. Hallelujah. What are you going to do on Wednesday night? Lord, I can't wait for Wednesday night. Why not? Well, because you're going to be there. And the preaching of the word or teaching of the word or something's going to happen. Patsy, ha Patsy Hagen Harrison said it again last night. Oh, I love being in that presence. When somebody of that caliper and under the mentorship of her dad... Growing up with him, working for him, working with him. Hallelujah. You're not going to find a, great, a better quality vessel. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. And anyway, she said this. She said, oh, please. She got up after praise and worship last night. And when it was turned over to her, the Holy Spirit went in the, in the move of healing. She said, God wants to heal backs right now. Bum, 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 bum. Shh, you know, and whoever is suffering in this area, specific area is a word of knowledge. And all there was about 10 people that came up. She prayed for them. And she said, never the same. God says, you'll never be the same. Pow. They got prayer. <laughs> Bodies all over. Praise God. Got the, got the anointment, you know, anointment. Hallelujah. They were all blessed and filled. Glory to God. But she got done and she was just, uh, you know, praying in tongues. Praying in tongues just like her daddy did. But as she had, she wasn't a parrot. She wasn't just a parrot. She had acquired something and put it to work. And we've known her for years. She's a woman of God praying in tongues. Hallelujah. And she said, she just stopped right there and said, we could go home now. Because there was such a wonderful presence of the Lord. People were feasting at the table. He anointed our heads with oil. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So you don't need that, have to have the physical experience uh, of it, of the literal experience of oil dripping down on you, although I'll take it. Glory to God if God wants to show up that way. But you can feel it in the spirit. You can receive the anointing of oil. Hallelujah. Amen. It was just so rich. But she said, now we're going to get in the word. And, of course, she went on. But she said this. She said, no meeting where the Holy Spirit is welcome and in control should just be like a, a regular. Uh, she didn't use this language, but she was inferring. You should always go with the Holy Ghost in any time you're gathering. In other words, don't have just a cookie cutter, a, a, a service set up a format where everybody knows what's going to happen. And they'll put, and knows what time is going to happen. Oh, well, if I get there, service starts at 10. Worship's usually till 1030 or possibly quarter of 11. So if I'm not a, a real, if I'm not really into being a praiser and worshiper, I'll show up a quarter of 11. Hallelujah. And just get the word. Hmm. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Well, we like that stuff. Get the chest out and suck up the waist a little bit. His own special people. That you might show forth the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How do I show forth his excellencies? Praising him. In the midst of the congregation. If Jesus did it in Psalm 22. In, in the nether world. When he went down to Abraham's bosom. To set the captives free. He says there at the end of Psalm 22. When he went down into there. I will praise your name in the midst of the congregation. And that word was halal. I am going to act clamorously foolish. I'm going to rave, celebrate, make boast of my father. Hallelujah. If Jesus was good enough to do that, you and I should be absolutely, yeah, Lord, I'm following you in your footsteps. When it's halal time, I'm going to halal you. Hallelujah. My body ain't going to stop me. I'm going to do something. Glory to God. I'm going to, everybody in here can do something. Whatever it takes you, whatever it takes for you to rave, celebrate, make boast in your God. Well, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I ain't boasting. My daddy's great. Hallelujah. That's boasting. Jesus. That's boasting. Amen. That's releasing something. Oh, I feel, I feel like you're forcing me now. Shut up. Tell your flesh to shut up. Tell your soul to line up. Praise God. Take some dominion. Amen. Get in line with God. Stop thinking. Oh, I, oh, I liked. Oh, I appreciated that, Lydia. And get rid of the stink, stinking thinking. Hallelujah. Because some of our thinking can be stinking. If our thinking ain't lined up with the word, it stinks. It stinketh. Well, anyway, verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul. Now, think about that for a minute. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Hallelujah. When? When? Then. Then. Well, what's then for? Go back to verse 42. The spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Now, that's what he gave me for rev by revelation for me, for me. I'm the farmer. I'm eating the first fruit of that baby. And I'm convinced of it. But being convinced isn't enough. I got to live it. If I'm convinced, I should live it. Amen. And honestly, we lived it. And then there were shiftings and and interactions and congregants and a lot of the different things that happened over the years. But I'll tell you what, if we start getting back to this kind of activity, the next verse is going to happen. Well, Lord, where are the signs and wonders? Well, here. Um, verse 42. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. You know what that is? That's evidence that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by his spirit who has been given to us. This is, in order to live this kind of lifestyle, I have to prioritize it. I have to believe that it's true. Well, that was for the early church. (laughs) You know, and the devil will be glad to convince us of that. Well, that was just for them. He doesn't come like that. How does the devil suggest things to you and I? How does he come with the thought realm? He's got to do it through our mind. So his voice at times may sound like our voice. Well, glory is quiet in this denominational church. And I think a lot of people and myself, I always got to try to remind myself of this. The devil will come and speak to you in first, first person. He'll speak and send the suggestion, the thought, the temptation in first person. So that you take ownership of it. I don't feel like going to church. It's the devil's thought hitting your mind. And then all of a sudden you, you, I don't feel like going to church. You have to either faith it or say, I cast down every vain imagination and lofty thought raised up against the knowledge of God. That ain't God. Devil, shut up. See, what is the barometer for you and I in our decision making? Should be the word. Hallelujah. Yeah, it feels like legalism. No, it's called maturity. It's called discipline. It's called work. Hallelujah. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Hallelujah. So if if you and I, and think about it, what it says in the scripture in the New Testament, and you've heard it. It's not, leaders don't just quote it because the attendance drops, even though there is an apostasy taking place. There is. There is an apostasy. I'm not, I'm just saying that's happening Globally, it has to happen. Jesus said it would. The love of many, the agape of many will wax cold in Matthew 24. He didn't say, he's not talking about sinner folk. They don't have agape. Come on, church. We have to be sober. Amen? Hey, hey, agape isn't running cold in me. By faith, I mean, Lord Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, keep me, keep me alert. Be sober. Be vigilant. What's the scriptures and the instruction in scripture to you and I? Stay sober. Be vigilant. Be diligent to keep the word of God. To live it. Amen? Amen? There's a responsibility. There's not some kind of uh, nursing home in Christianity. You get saved and you, find, you get a wheelchair. That's not what the Christian faith is about. It's about the day you get saved, you know that you are willing to be a martyr for the Lord Jesus Christ. A witness. Hallelujah. Isn't it something? You look at the parallels of light and darkness and how, again, this tension. They were just saying it on the news the other day about how in jihad and in their, their thoughts that it's such an honor to Allah to be a, a martyr for Allah. For Islam. There's perks. And, and the devil. Isn't it something that he knows how to just try to. Inspire. Inspire martyrs. You're going to get. 70 virgins. In your concubines. In your place in heaven. Now. To the unrenewed mind, that's 70 sex partners. And yet Jesus said, in heaven, you're not given in marriage. You're neither male nor female. So look at the contrast here, what the devil does to pervert and destroy. So 
They continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking in prayer. Hebrews says, do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together. All the more as the day approaches. Jesse Duplantis. We all love him. You know, that guy under the anointing, he's a nutcase. Preaching the word of God. But humor, man, he brings up Mary Hart, worse like medicine. But he often says, anytime that church door opens, that's a divine opportunity. And if you see it that way, your faith is going to work that way. And when you come in, you're going to leave with something more than you came with. Hi, why? Because you're eating at the table. If you're just going through the motions, praise God, thank you for your tithes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I mean, you'll be rewarded. But you, why would we not come to church, to the assembly? We are the church. Say, I am the church. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? <laughs> ah, I love it. And um, well, anyway, next verse again. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. What kind of signs? What kind of wonders? Mark 16. Let's go there. I had a good message. I'm probably not going to get to the other parts, but look at March 16. Let's turn there. There was a show when I was growing up called To Tell the Truth. It was a great show. <laughs> How many remember it? Because I know some of you. I know, I know there's some here that remember it. But in To Tell the Truth, there was a panel of three people that were being interviewed and they would take on, all three of them would, uh, let's say, John Doe. We had to guess, there was another panel that had to ask questions to the three that were on the John Doe panel and try to figure out which one was the real John Doe. And then they would guess. And when it came to the crescendo, would the real, <laughs> drums rolling, John Doe, please, Stand up. And then they all start messing around like a little bit. Then finally the real John Doe and everybody's like, oh, they guessed it or they missed it. Da, da, da. Surprise. When I read March 16, I thought, would the real church of Jesus Christ please stand up? Let's read it. March 16. We're going to start with verse 14. Later, he appeared to the eleven. As they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Okay. He, what's that? Look at that verse. What do you see in this? That's called an attitude adjustment. Say attitude adjustment. Okay. Do, would you agree? But love... Is giving the attitude adjustment. Next verse. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Next verse. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Let's read this together, everybody, out loud. And these signs will follow those who believe. He didn't say these signs will follow the apostles only. These signs will follow. Who said this? Everybody. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. He said these signs will Follow those who believe. Let's say it together. In my name, they who? Who be they? Everybody sitting in here. 
everyone sitting in here. Hallelujah. If you have an intimate relationship with God, if you are maturing as a Christian in the word and in the spirit and in fellowship, Christian activity and winning souls, amen, we haven't, haven't a heart for it. If you don't have a heart for souls, you need to go to God and say, God, Jesus, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, to destroy works of the devil. Amen. We're here now to enforce that destruction of the enemy's camp. Come on. How? Because God so loved and loves the world that he sent his only son who is now here in flesh in you and I. That's how the world knows Jesus is real, through you and I. Through the way we live, the things we say, the things we do. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's read it again. In my name, together. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Next verse. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly... It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Who be they? Oh, I wish I had a ministry. What more do you want? I need a title. Son! Ambassador! Christian! What do you need more than that? Doer of the word! There's a title for you. I am a doer of the word. I need a ministry. Do the word! You know, and, and the, there's a movie called Kingdom of Heaven. And uh, Orlando Bloom ends up a bastard son to a, a, a knight. And he ends up becoming a knight. Because he was of his father's seed. And then they're taking on the armies of the, uh, of the uh, Islam in this, in this movie. And he's sitting there and he's, his heart, the, the assignment from the king, who was a leper and died. He has an assignment. Protect Jerusalem. Protect the people. It's not about Christian and Muslim at this point. It's protect the people. And he takes it on. And he's asked a question in part in the, in the first before he meets the king by the, the, the king of the knights or the, the knight of knights. And he says, what did your father tell you to do? He said, to be a good knight. And he said, that, that would be really something for there to be a perfect knight. Because there was such corruption. See, there, there's corruption in, in there's, there's let me say it this way, because a lot of people understand this. Your computer can pick up a virus just through an email. A virus can have entrance, and it begins to compromise your operating system. We need to protect our operating system. How do you do it? By washing your mind with the word, praying in the Holy Ghost. Guys, I was so blessed last night just to hear Sister Pat again emphasizing it. Pray in, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We've got a supernatural operation of God, Holy Ghost, talking to God Father through our voice box. Hallelujah. It takes faith. What's it do? It brings, <laughs> brings mysteries. Glory to God. She says, I'm the you guys all got to become like me to inherit the kingdom. That's what she's thinking. They will take up. Previous verse, please. 17. Who in here believes? I believe you do. I really do. So somewhere between our faith and accepting him and believing the word and desiring to believe the word and experiencing it is just simply in the, it's in the realm of faith. It's a faith act. 
These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. Anybody cast out a demon lately? There are plenty of them to go around. Why? Now, I, I have to be really honest about this. When we were ministering in Poland, and not actually, there was a time I went by my, without Carol. And I was Poland, and we went to, I went to Poland, and I land on a Friday, and Saturday they're having a miracle healing service with uh, uh, Pastor Ray Shannon. Well, yeah, I didn't know, I, I didn't know what their, uh, you know, the format was, or the plan, the itinerary. And I got there, and they got the posters out. Miracle healing service. You know what I felt at that point? Demand. Obligation. Responsibility. They were putting a demand on the anointing. They were believing God for miracles and healings. Hallelujah. So we don't see, I mean, we don't see a whole lot of it here as much as we should. Amen. Because why? Not only people can become familiar with the offices of whoever's in the pulpit. The offices can get familiar with the word. So you, you think, amen, you understand? How, well, glory. I'm not going to go there. So I got to Poland, and we get to the place. It's a small room. It, it's maybe one-third of this room. And this is where they're having the miracle healing service. And we got there at noon, and he says, hey, we have till 1.30. We're going to have a miracle healing service in Poland in an hour and a half. Miracle healing service. And I'm thinking, okay. Now, I'm, pray I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And I've got in my arsenal, I've got like two directions that I feel like the Lord's given me that I can go either way with ministering and they start late they have trouble with the electric we're supposed to be done at 130 it's a rented building 130 hour and a half rental so now it was supposed to start at 12 it's 1230 we got an hour they're going to have praise and worship as is custom amen <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they have about 20 minutes of praise and worship, a couple preliminaries, and they turn it over to me about 10 of 1. Now, I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm the, not, not, not I, yet not I, but Christ in me. I'm responsible now to manage and steward the next 40 minutes for a miracle healing service. And, okay. Lord, I have these two different ways, possible messages I can go with. Where, how, how do you want me to go? And he said, share your testimony. Are you sure that's right? Share your testimony. Lord, you know, share your testimony. Okay. And I got up and I just said, there was about 60 people in the place. And I mean, just like you would see in Europe under communistic kind of rule, they were dressed that way. They looked like it was winter. And they, the, the miles on their face, how oppressed they had been and still were. And I'm sitting there, and I, I'm, I got up and I began to share. I said, uh, I want to share with you about God's love. And I said, I was raised Roman Catholic. Now, Poland, <laughs> you got a crowd, you got Polish Catholics, amen? Yeah, you probably don't have many Protestants there. So I gave my conversion or my experience, a brief synopsis of my Catholic upbringing and everything else, how I had left that faith and went from Catholicism to heathenism and then to being born again, finding Jesus. Fifteen minutes, boom. Now I got, what, 25 minutes left? And I said, who in here would like to receive Jesus Christ? Who would like to confess Jesus as Lord and truly have that same kind of experience? Seven hands went up. I said, glory to God. And I said, not yet. There's 60 people in there. This is the way the Lord did it. 
I said, who in here has back problems? S that you have back pain right now. That moved it out. Got a couple of chairs up here. I said, I want to pray for you, and God's going to heal you right now. This is how it went. It just flowed. And the first guy, his leg was about two inches shorter. Now, I'm gonna, I want to clarify this. In the older days, and I'm not saying this critically, all legs growing out and arms growing out, a lot of times it's a chiropractic adjustment. The things are so subluxated or dislodged. And listen, I want to see the limbs grow out. But I want it to be legit. Are you with me? Well, the legs are growing out. <laughs> Come on. By faith. I mean, the guy's got a problem. Whether it's his spinal, his hips, there's something to, you know, and everybody's looking at it. And we do the thing, like, in the name of Jesus. I'm looking now, I'm thinking, oh, God. In Jesus' name, I command your body to come into divine alignment in the name of Jesus Christ. And poop, pop right out. Pop right out. And his eyes got like butt wheat, you know, boom, glory to God. And he starts saying, I don't have any pain. I don't have any pain. And he got up, and he was like that blind man. He went... Not, not exaggerate it, but man, he just started rejoicing. I was going to say walking and leaping, praising God. Boom! Next guy got up. I have a bare back. Boom, sit down. And arms, legs, the whole bit. Before I knew it, and I wasn't paying attention out here, only about, about the same thing. About eight people had responded for back problems. Before I, after praying for just a few, my peripheral was some reason not didn't catch it. I look, and now there's 40 people in line. God's moving, right? What time did we have to be out? Say it, One thirty. At 3 o'clock. Now, what I did was I got the leaders over here, and I said, have you ever done this before? They began to pray for him. Boom, they began to have results, the pastor and his staff. Boom, 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 boom. And everybody's like, man, but you all glory to God. We're having fun. But as we were, and then when I was praying for specific things, it was like so refreshing that casting out demons. It was not, a lot of us, if, if, unfortunately, we've, Hollywood has so ridiculously made exorcism look so vile and vile. I mean, you can't have those things, but Hollywood dramatizes it and takes it way out there. I mean, there have been instances where it's been pretty gross, a deliverance type of thing or exorcism. But I'm telling you what, it was just like in the name of Jesus, spirit of boom, out. It was just boom, 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 boom. And it wasn't every person, but there was just in Jesus' name, casting out demons. See, if we are armed with an understanding of truth and we understand that that's part of your responsibility and part of your ministry, your ministry, say my ministry, now, let's go back. Let's say my ministry is in Jesus' name to cast out demons. Say it out loud. Now, am, am I saying anything to you or having you repeat anything that's not scriptural? Okay. In Jesus' name, I'll speak in new tongues. Next verse. In Jesus' name, if I take up serpents... Or drink anything deadly, it by no means will hurt me. Now, we have an instance in this. A poisonous snake bit Paul. Bit his, grabbed onto his arm or to his hand. We know the viper. And they all looked at him and thought, this man must have done something really wicked because he's going to die. He's getting punished. Shook it off into the fire. You know it excreted venom into him. Amen. More than probably, or God just restricted it. But I'm at the, I'm, I'm thinking this thing put it in there. And if, if John G. Lake could have the bubonic plague put in his hand and it, uh, the cells of it die in his hand under a microscope. Because he knew who he was because of whose he was. Come on. Who are we anyway? Who 
are we now in Christ? Think about it a minute. Yet not I, but Christ in me. Paul says, Paul, listen, I'm going to tell you something. There is, we are called to be two things in life. Bold, humble, and bold. That almost seems like a paradox, doesn't it? We're to be bold, humble before God and before one another. But we're to be bold in our Christianity. I'll tell you, I'm serious as a heartbeat. The more you and I step out in faith, it doesn't matter who rejects it or who would try to attempt to divert it or redirect it. In the name of Jesus, what did Paul do when he was preaching to the one leader there? That the sorcerer began to try to discount and, and you know, come against the word of God. And Paul said, be blind, you worker of darkness. Dude was blind. Sign no wonder. Amen. And the man, what did he do? The pro council. He put his faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I ain't getting involved. Mm, no. no, I like seeing Paul. Glory to God. Yeah. Point the way. My man was blind. I, what do you think? I bet you that bugger got saved. I would be suspect that we'll see him in heaven. Amen. I'd rather go have somebody smite me with blindness and find the way, hallelujah, than be bound in witchcraft and sorcery. Well, glory. Take up serpents. What's the last part? They will lay hands on the sick. Say, I will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Well, I'm looking for a ministry. Really? We have one. Yeah, we do, Lisa. We have one. Listen, out of all these things, one of them you get just at the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was just thinking of this this morning, that when uh, Lucio Spada was here with his wife, Karen, and he had that knowledge, we shared that recently, of a, an ancient Italian dialect. And Pastor Tim and Elena, she had a tongue, and he interpreted. And there was a, a, two messages in tongues and interpretation of tongues. He stood up afterwards, and just, right away, and said, I have to share this. And we recognized it. It was God. He wasn't interrupting. He just was recognized. And he said, her language, that, that tongue she just gave. Was of this dialect. Ba, ba, ba. And he said it. And he said and the interpretation was almost spot on. Hallelujah. They shall speak with tongues. Glory to God. See, you and I, we just need to release it. We need to exercise it. Now, that's one thing. But out of all these things here, even though God wants all of them to be active in your life, there are things that you know about very much and you need to put it to work. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, John G. Lake did a whole lot of different teaching with his people in Africa. He trained his kids and or his students there, his, the people that had come to work with him in, the, in that area. He said, now, here's the deal. I'm going to equip you to heal the sick. Jesus said, heal the sick. He didn't say, try, throw the dice, give it a shot. Heal the sick. Amen. Jesus said that. Now, here's the authority. They will lay hands. This is from the master's mouth himself. They. Who be they? Believers. Amen. Hallelujah. Heal the sick. Glory to God. Amen. Now, pastor, you know, I know that you had that poison ivy and all this other stuff. You know, where's your faith? It was working. I could have had it all over my body. Amen. I'm not making excuses. I didn't like one day of it. Come on. Come on. 
You know, Smith Wigglesworth, the apostle of faith, in a prayer line. He's passing a kidney stone. Blood is running down his leg. Now, I don't know if you ever know anybody that had a kidney stone. My son, Christian, had a bunch of them. They're about the size of a, a fleck of pepper. They're like a pepper fleck. But coming down the urinary tract, that thing raises all kind of cane. Here he is ministering, casting out demons, healing people, and blood's running down his leg. Say war horse. Say, I am a war horse. Say it like you mean it. I'm a doer of the word. Pastor's message is totally different. Say it. Glory to God. But God is pointing something out to you and I. Acts 2.42. Let's go back to there and we'll get ready to close. I probably overpreached it already anyway. Oh, I didn't finish the Poland story. At 3.15, I looked at the pastor, and this is the way the Holy Spirit or orchestrated it. I said, Pastor, throw out the net now. He threw out the opportunity. How many people were going to accept Christ in the beginning? Seven. About 30 people accepted the Lord by watching and experiencing the presence of God and healings taking place. Miracles, whatever, I don't, you know, whatever categories they come in. Signs and wonders, glory to God. That two-inch leg, I'll tell you what, that's pretty cool. Amen. That not only bolstered his faith, it was like, glory to God. Yeah, hallelujah. Let's bring on the damage. <laughs> Amen. So, they let's read it out loud again. And, of course, it's the believers. This is all of you. Let's say it together. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Next verse. Let's say it together. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Hallelujah. Fear, a godly reverence. Guys. When you and I come together, when we come together as a body of believers, that our faith is activated for the glory of God to be so tangible and manifested his presence that we experience it. Amen. Uh, listen, he lives on the inside. So we're already participators. We're born of him. But man, when he comes down, oh, glory to God. And he sits, sits. On his church. Hallelujah. We build him a throne of praise. And his presence comes. And signs and wonders are healing. Listen. We've had prophecy and everything else. That greeters. As they laid hands on people. And welcome people. That people would be healed of their diseases. Now God is good. But you know what? There has to be an activation of faith. And that. I want to say this. How about this? How about at the greeters office. Rather than greeters function. How about the usher's office rather than the usher's function? Come on. How about in the sound office rather than the sound function? You all with me? I'll tell you what, the way it changes the way you think. Whoa, glory to God. I have an office. Yeah, you do. Everybody in here has an office in the kingdom. Hallelujah. We're all royalty. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. Glory to God. How you be thinking? How you be thinking, church? I'm a doer of the word. Yeah, man, I'm going to wear this shirt more often. I feel good today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for the precious word of God. Somebody help me in thanking him. Glory to God. We give you thanks because you are truly good. <laughs> You're not a man that you should lie. Your word is true from start to finish. Glory to God. Even every jot and tittle, hallelujah, are absolutely accurate and powerful. 
Father, thank you for what you, the way you just took us today. That the name of Jesus is so precious, so powerful, and so needed in our daily life. Jesus, we honor your name. We bless your name. We want to be carriers of your name. We want to be doers of your name. Holy Spirit, today that we're going to leave a little bit different. It's not that these verses are new necessarily, but they are fresh manna. And we're going to eat it and become it and do it. In Jesus' mighty name, bless your church. Turn them loose, Lord. Activation. Pray for an activation of faith, hope, and love that compassion, God, would increase in each one of our lives. That we'll begin to look at people with through your eyes, Jesus. That we'll look at circumstances through your eyes, Lord. Hallelujah. And understand that we have a source and answer for any and every problem in Jesus' precious name. And that we would minister it in the offices that you've called us as sons, daughters, and ambassadors of the Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name. And the church said. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. All right. God bless you. You 